welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. In this episode, we're talking about the death effect, a scientifically proven, uh, well, maybe there's just some scientific evidence for it, effect where when a person dies, the collectible memorabilia related to that person increases in value temporarily. If you like the show, either give us five stars on iTunes or tell your mom about the show, and let's go. back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny and Stefan, and this is your podcast if you are into death, divorce, and bad things happening, because we are talking about the death effect on collectibles today, guys. Woo! Wait. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're into, you know, if you're into death and death and divorce more than, than we normally talk about this podcast? Yeah, because it's just always a topic on the podcast, just terrible <laughs> things. Yeah, let's keep uh, let's keep it bleak, guys, shall we? All right, everyone, ready to get really sad. But you know, in our defense, we did create a place for anyone who is sad to go and talk about things. <laughs> and if you don't know, Pirates of Dark Water Rules is your Facebook group where you can talk about if just things in the world that are making you sad, or uh, you're just sad in general about Pirates of Dark Water. It's the place for you, place to get sad. And uh, you know, you know we we're there. So, wow. come on. I feel like it's been a while since we've checked in on our uh, Facebook group there. Yeah, you know, I just had a new member request yesterday, so <laughs> it's like should should be sure to mention that. All right, um, we are talking about the death effect today. Uh, I don't want Tyler to have to stumble through and ask, be like, Johnny, is this the thing we're talking about? So I I uh, read an entire I read an I academic know. paper on it. I'm prepared for what we're talking about. You you are the most prepared. Tyler wins most prepared for this episode. But if you were living under a rock, perhaps you didn't hear that Kobe Bryant died. But what that does is it creates a vacuum in Kobe Bryant collectibles and uh, people trying to fill that vacuum with money and buy up those goods. So there are other prominent people, and uh, we want to link to some of that as well, uh, who have died or people speculate will die. And does that actually affect the video game market? With signatures and stuff, there's been a lot of studies on sports cards, but how does that affect our hobby? Does it at all? Uh, and we can at least talk about some of the initial stuff that's going on. So whether you love, hate Kobe Bryant, whether you want to like get real political about it, None of that matters. We're just talking about the effect that his death had on the market. So all that other ancillary stuff that you may want to throw in there, just kind of ignore that because we don't we don't care about that. But I will, uh, for the sake of transparency, say and let's lose some uh, let's lose some members here. Uh, I am a Lakers fan. I live in Los Angeles. I grew up watching Kobe Bryant when he came into the league. Uh, so. You know, he and I are actually, uh, we're actually the same age. Uh, so, you know, there there was a lot of corollaries and, you know, being a Laker fan in Los Angeles in that time and watching that, uh, you know, that was important for me. But that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. We could get real emotional. If you want to talk to me about, uh, you know, some sad stuff, again, we got a group for it. You can, uh, or you can just PM me. All right. 
now that's all out of the way. Guys, do you have anything to add into that before we we start to jump into this? Yeah, just to get my biases out of the way, I'm a I'm a New York Guardians fan in the XFL. And for the original XFL, I was a New York and New Jersey Hitman fan. Uh, he hate me. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He so, hate me. You know, he made it into the NFL, right? I had no idea. Yeah. OK, you're a big fan. Uh, today was the first two <laughs> games of the XFL, though. Well, who cares about the Woo! NFL? I, I watch real football. Oh, yes. I mean, uh, how did the XFL do? Uh, OK, I guess. I watched it for about a half hour and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much still football. It's kind of boring. Uh, yeah. I mean, they did some things to speed it up. Uh, Vince McMahon this time made a secondary company to shoulder the burden of this new XFL in case it, uh, fails and doesn't drag, you know, his, uh, very popular <laughs> I don't think WWE it needs any help property. Being down. Oh, and they, they did take a 25% stock loss. Oh, uh, so good. On, on the quarterly earnings report. Yeah, that's what you guys came here for, right? You want to talk about WWE yes. stocks? Wrestling. You know, yeah, we, we're getting into that we wrestling pivoted. stuff. We did it. Nope. Moving on. Okay. Uh, so Tyler is a Guardians fan. He also enjoys the Knickerbockers. Because uh, if you didn't know, Tyler uh, was once upon a time lived in New York for two days. So he needs to talk about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you grow up there? Uh, the only for the first... 21 years of my life 22 years of my life okay so he's a legit new yorker right thanks thanks for calling me legit johnny it means a lot to me hey <laughs> i well you know I'm, I'm gonna gonna give you this one you are a real new yorker uh, i do like to give anyone from new york a hard time because you know how do you know someone's from new york they'll tell you hey, oh, i gotcha. didn't know i was from new york for a long time and how oh, Stefan, i'm from new york yeah I don't How know. did you I... not know? He literally wor- <laughs> finds a way to work it in all the time. I It's amazing that I didn't make any commentary when you guys were talking about how big a deal Kobe is on the West Coast. So, I mean, he he's a big deal. He's a big deal in New York, too, because he always had good games at Madison Square Garden. Double nickel. Look it up. I know very little about basketball. Anyway, Stefan, you want to talk about the death effect? I thought that's what we're doing. We I'm are. trying to Tyler. get Johnny off his non-topic of just talking. I'm going to have to cut like half of this. Yep. Favorite Kobe Bryant dunk actually happened in New York. <laughs> oh my God. Was it the one that LeBron just did? No, no. That was not the, not the rockabye. This that was, was a hell uh, of a photo though. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh God. Well, it was, uh, I think it was on Latrell Sprewell. Kobe drives baseline, goes uh, underneath the basket and then just, uh, Rises up and just jams on the other side, right on Spreewell's face. Yeah, that was great. Anyways, uh, yeah, cut all that. No one cares. So, Tyler, please tell us uh, what the death effect is. I'm sure most of our audience can suss it out, but you've done some reading, and I would like to hear more about it. Sure. So, the death effect, obviously, kind of, is the spike in prices after a celebrity or an artist or someone of note dies either in their work or memorabilia surrounding them. And so there's really two forms of it. And to put it in very technical terms, there's the durable good monopolist effect, which means that if there's an artist who's producing work and they're putting out 10 paintings a year or something, if they die, all of a sudden, your existing work by them can no longer be devalued. So there's now this set number of artistic pieces in the world. 
And when they die, they can. So it's pretty obvious that they're not going to make any more work. But that that can't happen with things like memorabilia or video games like what we're talking about, because all the video games we're talking about or most of them were made 20 years ago at the earliest. There's there's six million copies of these games out there. There will always be six million. So there's no actual effect on the market that way. So what is happening is called the nostalgia effect. And this is this is this is like a real term I'm pulling out of the si- the one scientific paper that is on this uh, topic. It's exactly what you think it is. Media attention causes increased short-term interest in a celebrity or in a topic, and that causes a short-term spike immediately within six months of that person dying. And then that kind of cools down over the next six months, but it doesn't cool back down to the same level it was originally at. Yep. Hooray. Do you, do you think that there's a difference between the the sort of nostalgic impact on the death effect versus the nostalgic impact on like any other media representation of something? Like I keep thinking as you were talking, I kept thinking about uh, Adventure when Ready Player One came out and that spike where it was all of a sudden, you know, it was like three hundred dollars or four hundred dollars. And then then it cooled off. And I was just, I was just thinking to myself i wonder if there's any more or less severe of an effect when someone dies versus just any other type of media attention for for a, an object stefan i'm going to guess that collectible prices like this are not something that are studied like this very often like in a real scientific way i'm sure a lot of people do like their own kind of research on it so you should definitely do a study what i do have in as, as an example though coronavirus was big in the news plague inc on steam shot way up in sales numbers because people are thinking about infecting the planet because of coronavirus so i do think there is definitely (laughs) a very similar effect apparently the uh amount or the rate at which people were googling corona beer also uh, shot through the roof (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh the difference i would say in those uh two instances mainly though stefan is of course anytime there is the nostalgia effect happens on anything and the extra attention, like it's obviously going to drive prices. Right. But death is the ultimate FOMO moment, right? Because there, there is no more Kobe Bryant. There is, or if it was Picasso, there was no more Picasso, you know, that's, that's done. You know, adventure is kind of still out there. It's not attached to a real person. Um, So I can see that memory sliding a little further though. I think once you have, an increase in tension, right? Even all the the people who are going to go out into the market and spike the price because they're buying it up, and and the resellers are gonna who are gonna profiteer on that. That that supply is still being taken away, and not right. all that supply is going to hit back in the market. And that was going to be one of my big points about this. So with adventure, I, I think that that curve is probably a little more drastic. But I think with like if we we start to look at um, games that feature Kobe Bryant, uh, also like Avengers games for when Stan Lee died and Michael Jackson, uh, Moonwalker. If we start to look at those, I, I think we're going to see that it isn't the drop isn't as precipitous as uh, say something like Adventure. Uh, just to confirm the drop on Adventure, I I found a very nice picture label Adventure at uh, one of my local stores, and it was priced at nine ninety nine. And I'm like, ooh, can I make a few bucks here? And I looked it up, and that game is once again worthless. Yep. So yeah, I, w- I would say like almost Adventure. That's almost like the death. I mean, we can say that the death effect also creates like hype, but Adventure was really just like a hype, and like like a lot of that 
beyond just profiteering, like how many people actually cared versus the people who were just trying to profiteer? Like how big was the difference there? too so so actually going back to the study in their conclusions the first thing they say is that it basically might just be a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point where the only reason for the spike is that people think that there's going to be a spike so everyone buys everything up to try to cash in and they don't all sell everything that they just bought so there's a natural spike that happens in this just this self-fulfilling prophecy and uh, that has to be what happened with kobe stuff because you go on Absolutely. price charting and everything sold on like 126 the day he died. Yes. Uh, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I'm. Sh- but again, that resting price memory is never going to come back down. And those people who bought stuff. So if you bought a Kobe Bryant game in the spike, you're not going to then turn around in a week or something. Like if, if the price cools off, you're not going to be like, well, I spent $50 on it. Now should I take 20? You're probably just going to hold on to it. That's the other thing is once people die, you know, it's not adventure, you know, it's, oh, adventure. When someone is gone, you're like, okay, now this is the thing I'm putting my memory into that nostalgia. Like it, it is a, a thing that will then I think rest a little further and keep a little bit more. So I, I think we can start to talk about some prices. Do we want to look at the the court side and or do oh let's talk about uh, the first editions first let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about if for all you comic guys and we'll, we'll put it into their turns and for all of you people who don't care this is just uh, a fun fact uh tower tell us what the first instant instance of a kobe bryant featured on the game not in the game but featured on the game is please uh, it's nba action 98 the saturn version if we're going by the sega retro wiki the saturn version of nba action 98 came out one day before the big box pc version undoubtedly the big box pc version is the rarest kobe bryant on the cover game there's, uh, there's not one on ebay i couldn't find one for sale at all but yeah go get your uh, copy of action 98 it's sold for i think 22 dollars sealed uh, the day he died, and now I think there's one up for $700 on eBay. Yeah. No one's going to buy one's... it, but someone has it up. Yeah, that's just the jewel case, though. So there is a no, big the... box version of it. Okay, I was talking about the Saturn version, but yes, there's also a jewel oh, yeah. case only copy yeah. of the PC version for $750. Yes. What um, a deal. I, I want to... Con- <laughs> I want to contest the idea that it came out a day later, just because like, uh, and maybe other people remember this, but Tuesday was like media day, you know, yeah. back. So all like new games and new movies just came out on Tuesday, unless it was like a Sonic special Tuesday. Well, Sonic Tuesday was a, is a, a big thing, but uh, like aside from now where the tables have kind of uh, changed when game releases, but in this window, especially in 98 came out on Tuesday, media happened on Tuesday. So why would the PC game release a day later? That doesn't even make sense. Well, game, uh, well, I don't know about the late 90s, but I know on a lot of older games, people try to like pinpoint release dates. And it's like, well, you know, a lot of the older stuff oh. is just kind of like when the store got it, they got it. So are you going to try to oh, find like yeah. the first retailer in America who got this game and consider that the launch day? It doesn't really make sense. No, no. I'm I'm talking about a more established period that started probably because I used to buy a lot of, you know, movies and stuff and I would wait for them to come out. So in the late 90s in this time frame, definitely tuesday was that established day okay so. i mean since since we're given collecting advice if you guys were going to collect one kobe thing and i'm not saying this because i'm tyler 
the big box PC game is the only thing that I think is ever going to matter. And I will say that that is incorrect. And what you should what? instead, and what you should instead buy is Kobe Bryant in NBA courtside for the N64, which came out uh, about a year later, or uh, maybe not quite a full year, but it came out in April of '98. And that's the first instance of Kobe in a Nintendo game. Nintendo stuff is uh, just retains price better and is usually more collectible. Okay, but in this case, that game is dirt common and no one wants it. Except for for the next six months, according to scientific research, people will want it. Oh man, the cover of the PC Big Box one is so much better, though. I'll give you the the courtside. It's Nintendo. People love N64 and it has Kobe's name actually in the title of the game. So right. And if you only have 40 bucks to spend and you want the memorabilia, like, yeah, that's the one you're yeah. going to get. And, and there's two courtsides that you can get with that feature Kobe on it. So knock yourselves out. There's a there's a bunch of games. We're not going to go and list all of all of the Kobe games that you can get. Um, this isn't a, hey, let's buy Kobe Bryant games episode, though. I did actually put a few oh, in my is... cart and I I had to stop myself from buying them. I was like, I don't care about these games. Don't so you want to collect games. Kobe Bryant games. Right. So you got the yeah. NBA 2K17. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Legend Edition. And then you yeah. have the Legend Edition Gold. And those are about $10 right now. So if you're looking for some Kobe games, those are a good deal. You need to get those while those are cheap. Ooh, there's also some on the PS3 and on the Xbox. There's a bunch of Kobe games. I, I know I actually started to research it and made myself stop just because that's how my brain works. I was like, I, I was making, I was in the middle of a full list and I'm like, Johnny, stop this madness right now. Walk away, walk away from the computer. It was like one in the morning and I'm like, well, let's make a list of all the Kobe Bryant games. Should I buy all of these? Cause that's the thing a normal person does. Uh, yes. This is you how, know, how on <laughs> January 26th, there were at least a couple people did exactly that and scout, oh, scoured the internet and oh, yeah. got all of them. Yeah. So. No, I was talking to uh, one of the big, um, distributor guys that does show local shows and uh, he was telling me that like he ended up canceling a bunch of like people were putting in these gigantic orders for like buying the game in bulk the next day uh and he ended up canceling a bunch of those orders in favor of like just people who wanted like one for them you know but yeah there was there there were people out there that were trying to like super corner the market so hold on he was getting orders for multiples meaning probably cart only copies no, just like, like new copies, but but. Um, oh, oh, okay, okay. But like you know, hundreds of them. So there's hundreds of sealed copies out there. Yep, get your sealed I mean, Kobe stuff. That's not surprising, now. but I mean, guys, don't don't. So Johnny, talk about the actual spike. So we're. I don't want to pretend that this is like a small thing. Like you go to price charting, and price charting is however accurate it is, but there is a pronounced spike in Kobe games. Yes. And we can, I'll talk a little bit about it, but first Tyler, I just want you and I to tell the people the one game you should not collect is NBA 2K17. Don't, <laughs> what? That's, no, that's, that's one nope. of the ones. Is nope. it the last also, game where he's on the cover? Oh, last appearance. Oh, last appearance. Oh, it might not oh. be. What if they do a tribute game? Oh, uh, they definitely, won't. they definitely, Jordan still like, he's definitely going to be on another game. They're, the market will capitalize on his death as it does on all deaths. So, uh, last well, living appearance just... of Kobe Bryant. You could you oh, could yeah. sub things into anything. People like with comics, they're like, this is the first time he was on page three in panel four. Oh my God, it's a minor key. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. But also, 
my problem with that is it wasn't on the any Nintendo system. So again, bleh. so wait for that one that eventually like the they'll probably be the NBA two K uh twenty one Kobe Bryant tribute edition that comes out. So that's that that's one you'll spend a hundred dollars on and then regret it later. Uh don't do that. Anyways, let's let's talk just a little bit about what happened on the price of Kobe games that day. So it went from, uh, and the best way to look at this stuff right now, um, because no one's gathering enough data on this. So just look at eBay sold. So if you want to do your own research, that's what we're doing. I, I mean, we are bouncing into price charting too, but Kobe Bryant, that game was a $5 game, $5. Like your people were five to $10 for box copies of NBA courtside. And it was like, a uh, $10 game, 10 to $15 game on the Saturn. Cause that's like pretty normal um, for Saturn prices. And those prices tripled the day after his death to $15. And, well, uh, well, like if it was 10, it became 30. And then with sales as high as $50 on NBA courtside, I saw one get as high as 50. There was a sealed copy that went for 55. The prices have started trending down already as people are cooling off on that a little bit, but they're still selling in like the $30 range. It was one that just sold on NBA courtside for $30. Same with that NBA action 98. There was, you know, that became a 35 to $40 game as well. And is still sitting around that price. So we're still in the middle of that. But uh, if you're wondering how long that curve lasts, uh, we can talk about um, people who died uh, more recently or, or not more recently, uh, a little bit further back, we we have uh, Michael Jackson, and we're going to look at some of the Avengers games, too, just to kind of use the Avenger games as a proxy for Stan Lee, uh, if that had any effect. Uh, anything more you want to get in on the Kobe stuff before we talk about that? Man, I don't just like some people bought the sealed copies. What's going on, Johnny? There's like sealed copies of NBA Courtside that went for two to five hundred dollars. Yes. Ugh. Guys, yeah, there was one that those sold games for 50. are out there. Yeah, it's like and regardless of what you like, what is on eBay is not even what is available in the market right now. It is guys who, who is bought that. If like, you know who bought that, can you write into the show and tell us and we won't make fun of them on the show. We'll make fun of them in private outside the show, but we will <laughs> message them and coach them on not to buy that kind of stuff later. I think this is one of those things too, where like there'll be like no copies on eBay, but if you like walked into any of your mom and pop shops, they'll have five copies of whatever. Um, That's actually I did I went I did the local route just to see uh, yesterday to see where if I could find Kobe games, yeah. and I could not huh. at four mm. at four different shops. They were all gone, and this these are places I knew definitely had card only at least copies of some of this stuff lying around. Even the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 and like Xbox stuff that is like common and everywhere. Nope. Hmm. The most fascinating thing to me was Courtside 2002, which went to it at least a week. It was like a solid $30. And now even now it's like 20 up to 25. I can almost understand the N64 games because they're a cardboard box. There's just by their very nature not as many of them out there, even though there are a ton of them out there and no one has ever wanted this game for the past 25 years. Um, but the DVD case GameCube game, there must be 
tens of thousands of copies of this game just sitting everywhere in every bargain bin across the world. Is it just impatience or I don't know, but I noticed it because uh, someone on game TZ was like, Hey, these are selling for $30. Go sell these right now. Cause they're not going to sustain this forever. I know I want to get into the Stanley and the Marvel and all that stuff. But I think the one thing to take away from this is that rather than trying to like try to buy and flip stuff, like it's just your time. If something like this happens, just immediately go and sell your copy and pick it up again later. Uh, yeah, if you want to be one of those guys who capitalizes on that stuff, sure. <laughs> it's it's not my f- like. I'm I'm an emotionless actor in the market. Yeah, I have a copy of NBA Courtside 2002. If people are gonna give me thirty dollars for it, I will take it. Really, you're the guy who won't sell anything, Stefan. Back me up here. This is the guy who's like, nah, I could make a hundred dollars on this, but it's just too much work to go buy it again and find a copy I like. Yeah, and even Johnny. when he's like, when he's like sitting on high de- high value things, he's like, oh, I don't know, Johnny. I'm, for trade I'm trying someday. to relate to our listeners with what they would likely do. You, you know, you I didn't sell my just... copy of Courtside 2002. It's sitting in a in a bin under a pinball machine somewhere. I'm not digging it out to sell it and then have to go get it again one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just wanted to be but sure. But if I wanted thirty dollars, it's a free thirty dollars right there. But it's only gonna last for however long it lasts. True. True, true. I hate um, him. Yeah, I know. I, I'm like, I'm like, there's no like, I'm like, Stefan, back me up on this. There's no, no fucking way Tyler's no going out and no. selling anything. Uh-uh. He, Two things he doesn't do: sell things and negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Tyler. Anyways, uh, I, I'm gonna say one more thing about just <laughs> for people who are out there looking for the player's choice copy of NBA Courtside because they're trying to get all of them. I'm just gonna help you out right here. That was a. Uh, that was a a seal on the box or on the on the uh, cellophane rather. It is not. I don't know. I don't think there's an actual gold bar copy uh, of the player's choice copy on the N64. So just something to be aware of. There's a bunch of player's choice games, and we should probably just do a whole episode on that in um in the future. But a lot of the player's choice stuff on the N64, not a lot, but there was there's a few instances where it's called the player's choice title and it has a little sticker, but that's only on the cellophane. And that's the only way you're going to find that. So yeah, they did that on modern console or modern console. They did that on like Xbox and PS2 as well. Right. So, Oh yeah, they did that on PSP. Thing. I have, I have a Castlevania, um, was Castlevania Chronicles on, um, PSP, uh, and same with a Harry Potter, a Lego Harry Potter game. Cause of course, Lego Harry Potter, uh, it, you know, where it puts that, uh, you know, I forget the, it's got the little red bar on top, but it's just a sticker on, yeah. on the cellophane. Really gross. Hate it. Uh, but some if people you... out there named Super Nintendo, they just have rolls of those stickers that they got from wherever those stickers came from. They just got like new old stock rolls. And I think just the most fun thing to do with that roll would be to buy some random sealed games and start just slapping those stickers on and cause oh chaos God. with the people who are trying to track this stuff. I, I hate and love that idea so very much. <laughs> Super Just Nintendo, like... I, I know you hear us sometimes, so I don't want all of your stickers, but how much for some of them? Right? I promise to do harm with them. No, Just that's... one. Just let me put one on an OutRun 2006 and see what happens. Yeah, I'm just Or like gonna... Rule of Rose. <laughs> Just going to cause chaos. I, I promise I'll do that. 
Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm surprised that there hasn't been like a rush on reproduction of like Nintendo sticker seal stickers yet. It, it's gonna happen. The world is a uh... because it just seems like, especially since they are so like like the Mario, for instance, is so high dollar value. It it warrants you if you are a sleazy person to invest a significant amount of money to make sure that they're good. I'm sure Fine. those stickers are complete garbage too. So exactly. and they're very tiny. So how yeah. hard could it be? Yeah. Yep. Everybody I mean, gets scared of that. Well, I mean, you still need the right box and everything. I don't it, it might actually be a lot to reproduce. I don't know who knows how many you instances could. you really could get with that. Yeah, but you only need like one to make it worth your time. I mean, I guess. Is there a box that is only differentiated by how? I know we're getting way off base here, no, but is no, there but a you... box that is identical to the sticker seal box except for the fact that it does not have a sticker seal? No, but you could just re-sticker a sticker seal. Who cares? Do people care about that? They care if the sticker's there. I mean, no, they yes. might, if, but if you it... have a broken sticker seal, you could remove the oh, broken and one and put it? a new one on it. Yes. There's but no the, reason why you couldn't do that. Because the, the the hinge is still like gonna have a crease in it because you open it. It okay. breaks the color. Just just to talk about this, and for all these people who are suddenly in a panic, um, I, I we talked about this with Dennis once, uh, Dennis uh, at Wada Games, and they said they do have a way to tell uh, based on the hinging of the box if uh, a box has been opened or not. So From they the can. They can tell, um, and uh, St- Stefan, stop giving people ideas. <laughs> All right, the world is shady enough without you adding your oh, I know your gum into it. All right, yep. okay. So, um, anyways, have we said enough about Kobe Bryant and all this ancillary stuff? And we'll just just very quickly just talk about some of the other ones, the, what the death effect looked like for them. Sure. Stefan, so what you got to do, you got to get a machine that reseals GameCube games with the same exact <laughs> Nintendo Y folds because those are so hard hey, to tell reseals on if you get. Oh, right. Um, so Tyler, are you busy talking? Should you be digging out that? Uh, shouldn't you be digging out your NBA courtside so you can make some monies? <laughs> I'm gonna reseal it first and sell it for seventy dollars. You know, Tyler, there's like there's like four different styles of seals that are all legitimate on the 3DO. Ooh. So that's almost as many boxes. That doesn't even make sense. There's like seven different boxes alone. <laughs> yep. Okay. I think it's like 12. So I, I'm i going to go with uh, Moonwalker first. So Moonwalker, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker on the Sega Genesis, only looking at the US version and only on the loose cart for right now because uh, back in 2009, price charting only tracked loose carts. No, there's nothing I can do about that. All right, guys. It's so Sorry. weird. That is so weird. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. I, I mean, they probably just didn't have a good formula in which to do it, and they were still relatively new. I think it only came out in like 2010 or something, right? Or I'm sorry, 2008 or 2007, like the end of 2007, maybe. Anyways, um, let's go ahead and talk about what the price was of the loose cart right before Michael Jackson dies. Okay. It is sitting at nineteen dollars and fifty cents, roughly, and after his death, shoots up to fifty dollars just for the loose cart. So imagine what the CIB is doing. I'm sure it mirrors that. Yeah, probably but, fifty or something. So that's from April, and then in July it's fifty, but by August, so that's like right after the death. You know, everyone goes crazy. 
it comes back down to $35. So even from that $19 jump, it's still almost doubled its price, right? It does dip a little more in October. Um, but I, games like this always see kind of a dip in October. Um, goes down to 32 Again, don't want to talk about Christmas prices. I'm sure people are thinking about it. It spikes back up to 53 and then back down to 31 And then you get, we're getting out to about a year later. It goes all the way back up to 50 But for some reason in September, and this could be due to allegations in the news. I don't know what's going on in 2010 at this time in September. But it, it drops to 30 and it continues. It's kind of up and down pattern until 2011 when it starts to rest about $25 and then suddenly 2012 September again boom down to $18 because we always see that like summer drop off summer November shoots back up does if you guys haven't followed the podcast well we talk about there's like the September October dip uh for popular games uh then like big name titles like your Mario's and Zelda's also get a bump in November, December, and then a decrease in January. This Anyways, is Johnny's it, theory. I've not done a large enough statistic analysis to substantiate any of this to a statistical degree of certainty. Continue. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I feel good about it. I, I think you can evaluate the trends. Anyways, this price continues like this and it, it waffles back and forth on these prices until now when it's at 43, though, after the allegations last year, uh, cause it was at like 45, it does dip like after the serious stuff about, um, when the accusers come out again, uh, in that documentary, it, it, it drops $10. It, so that has nothing to do with the death cycle, but it does have to do with problematic people, uh, you know, and investing in them. So, but now it's back up to 43. The CIB prices follow this trend. You know, you can follow that by looking you can look at their chart starting in 2013 you can see their cib prices and it's been on an upward trend since his death pretty much after that initial spike it never gets down to that resting period and you can you to can ask he died a couple years before retro games vintage games like went crazy well i, I i'm about to get there too so well, okay i'm sorry one of the problems is is the, this also mimics the general curve of video games, you know, and prices. So that that's hard too. His death did create uh, like a, a resting memory higher, but then also a fervor for games, which then increases that. Um, and it, then it's just subject to market flux since then. And I think we're long enough outside of the death curve now that it that his death isn't even a part of it anymore. We know he's dead. But it doesn't. I think we're we're well out of that that spike zone. Sure. And, and what happened with the Avengers stuff, the Stan Lee games? Um, guys, you're gonna have to take over. I need two minutes. Sorry. Oh, well, we could just wait. Don't stop recording because Don't, it yeah. makes it a lot easier if we just have these. Hey, Stefan, welcome to the break. Uh, here I am. I was about to make Johnny say something so I could draw my comparison, but so, instead of uh, that, let's derail the show. All right, so uh, I just had two gigantic raccoons walk in front of my front door, and I freaked out. I actually ran over to the front door because my my security door was open. So this is looking at my ring cam, right? So my security door was open, and then I see these raccoons coming towards the door, and I wasn't in that moment 100% sure that the wood door was closed. So like I totally thought these two raccoons were going to just like walk into my house, which would have not been great. 
So, uh, yeah, that was a uh, life or death situation uh, in the Reese household in the last uh, five minutes or so. It's a good thing you saw that coming. And the way you saw that coming is with our sponsor, Ring Doorbell Cameras. Do you need some more peace of mind at home? Are you getting collectible packages in the mail and you want to make sure that you get home when they're there in front of your porch? Get a Ring Doorbell Camera by Nest. Or... Or if you want to uh, know that your collectible package is sitting on the front door and you're just going to freak out about it all day long while you're at work and uh, check your camera every five seconds, because I've done that too. Is it still there? That sounds, yep. is it still that there? sounds a lot yep. of fun is when you're buying there? one of a kind art. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I try to be home. Or if I see something like dumb gets left, like when I uh, when I got my Ocarina of Time, like I left work and I'm like, well, I got to go get that. <laughs> Well, so the problem is that some FedEx drivers don't understand what the phrase signature required means. What is with that? Okay, new podcast. How come FedEx delivers packages? I go to their website. The tracking is like signature required upon delivery. And then it says signature accepted. It's so frustrating. USPS doesn't leave anything. I have to go to the post office like two times a week. Yeah, even if I leave a note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That part. All right, that was a good... Uh, so you want to complain about packages. Yeah, and you hate ring doorbells, don't you? Because of the uh, lack of fidelity? Yes, I hate all consumer um, cameras. I actually just got a ring doorbell, too. My, my wow. strategy is that I think they're all bad, but maybe together having three different bad cameras covering the same area of my house... If we combine those images, we can get one good image of what happened. Wait, you have three doorbell cameras? Uh, I've got a, a, I have an exterior camera. I have a camera that faces the front of my house out the window, and now I have a doorbell camera. Oh, I thought I was envisioning like I was envisioning like three different models of doorbell camera. Oh boy, <laughs> that is the, very <laughs> that'd be so paranoid. intimidating coming to your door. Like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I'm. It made me sad because I uh, kind of got into the smart home thing during the like smart home wars, where there were still like a few different companies that were the the there was only, like Ring only did doorbells, and so you'd get your doorbell from Ring, and then you'd get your Nest cams from Nest, and like there the ecosystems were not so harmonious yet. So it bothers me that I have like three different apps that I have to go to depending on like what smart home stuff I want. Yep, and then like. Today, in 2020, I could rectify that. I could buy everything again on, under one banner, and it would and it would be fine. But that, that's like a big investment that I don't necessarily... Because like the three-app thing works well enough. Like it's, it's just one of those things where it's like just inconvenient enough to bother me, but not so inconvenient that I want to do something about it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty horrible. Did I talk about the, uh, that dumb shit that happened to me over the last couple of days over that uh, Nintendo Power cover model stuff? God, Stevan, you've literally brought that up on every piece of social media. All right, except for my own podcast. Here. So I mean, <laughs> so that that works, right? I watched your entire five minute video while waiting in the car for Ada getting her hair done today. Man, I was so, I knew I was every so single word it. you were gonna say, but I'm like, I got nothing to do in my car. Time to watch Stefan complain about art. I was so out of it for that video, too. I was like, oh, it's like one o'clock in the morning. Instead of going to bed, I'm going to film a video. Stefan, what happened with your art sources? Uh, I just got sort of bit by uh, oversharing or sharing too quickly. Like the whole thing with my art 
collection is that I I do this to share, and so I get real excited, and then I like before something is even in hand, I start putting putting pictures up online, and um, this time that bit me. I had someone approach one of my sources and attempt to basically torpedo my deal. He uh, offered many many times over what I had bought these pieces for, and thankfully the uh, my source had quite a bit of honor and he rather than uh responding to him he uh called me and asked me about the guy so uh so crisis averted but i have learned my lesson and you know who you are guy yep i don't know who you are but nope you know because it doesn't doesn't really matter (laughs) well I'm, i'm happy you got to say your thing here Except for beyond just your Instagram posts, your Instagram story, Facebook, Facebook groups. Is Johnny back? This is ridiculous. I don't know. I, I feel like might. something happened. Is he so just listening to us? let's talk about the death effect when Johnny Ayushi died, because oh apparently my God. that's happened. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to try to backdoor Carly and get that Blockbuster World Championships. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you are not under any circumstance going to cut that out of this show. <laughs> this this whole section has to be cut down somehow. This is ridiculous now. Yeah, but you're not. I'm done. You're I, not I, gonna I, cut out talking about back doing coffee. <laughs> You play any roller coaster tycoon too? <laughs> no, I did buy. Uh, I told you about that Jurassic Park pinball machine, though, right? <laughs> wait, wait, we're coming back. This is going back in the show. You yeah. play, you played Jurassic Park. So you just bought a pinbot. I told you. I told you. I said I played it at my sister's and I bought one. Well, like the same day. Yeah. From who? From the the guys on eBay that ship for free. What? eBay? Yeah, I wanted Stephen. I wanted my eBay bucks. Oh my god! Hi guys, Stephen. I'm back. It was gonna be the same price no matter where no, I went. No, it dude. is not the listed price. It's like buying a car; you don't pay the retail price. It's fine. Oh my god, you got go to like Coin Taker or something. They're like the high end people. So you'll pay like a high price, but they'll take care of you. Hot tip for everyone: go to Coin Taker. Everybody likes Coin Taker. Or uh, Trent Augustine, one of the best uh, pinball people in the world. He sells pinball machines. Go to him, too. Oh, did you buy... Are we talking about your Jurassic Park purchase? Yeah. This guy. He gets called out by one listener, and then it's like, no, see, I got pins. (laughs) I got pinballs. I got three of them. Look, guys. It just just happened to be... No, it did not. You lie. You lie. I was suddenly, I was very suddenly in a monetary situation where I could afford that pinball. Oh my god! And you just happened to be called out, and you're like, "I'll show those guys. I've got (laughs) pins. I know what these are." Classic game rooms. That's the name of the vendor that I bought it from. Oy vey, Stefan. There we go. Some little cultural appropriation for you. Yeah. So just so that everyone understands what's happening right now, Tyler is giving me flack for not negotiating. You don't need to negotiate. You just call up Tilt Amusements and you're like, hey, how much is a new, what's the street price on a Jurassic Park? And then you don't negotiate. You're just like, okay, I'll take it. 
that's not eighty-seven ninety-nine or whatever ridiculous MSRP these games have now. That's that's not what I paid. Did you get the it's pro fine. or the premium? The premium. All right, good. God, you're not allowed uh, to hey, give me. No, 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 no. It's, he he is it's not about he negotiating. Fact, it's like if I went and bought something off DK Oldies. I just want you to know that if Tyler is giving you flack about not finding a better price, that actually holds more weight to me because Tyler <laughs> is captain. I'm not negotiating. So if he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you went and did that," you should feel extra bad. Not. Not get defensive. You should no, be like, he, I he did, did that over like $5 on that Star you, Wars game. So I don't know. You, like, I don't know. You need to be a little more contrite right now. You, you done, you done bad and you were, and you were told. So you broke a collector's quest law. Did, did, you're, did lucky you're not in jail. Yeah. Oh God. If Tyler, if Tyler oh. starts dis- discussing negotiation with you <laughs> and how you've done a bad job, you are in trouble. You should it's realize not, it's not about negotiation. It's just about researching the best price uh, as th- much as you can without having to talk to another human being before you buy something. It doesn't matter exactly. We just know that if Tyler's correcting you on on your price paid, you got a problem. Johnny, I, I'm just letting you know, I've got a bunch of stuff on my eBay watch lists, and I think that before the end of the year, I might put a best offer in on one of them. Holy shit, Tyler, I hope you do. <laughs> Tyler, we we talked about this briefly, but Tyler's in a new golden era of buying things because now, rather than having to negotiate with people, they can start negotiating with him just because he's watched their item. He he is happier than he's ever been about buying. It is amazing. Let me tell you, I (laughs) I, I I I can just imagine every time one of those things Tyler comes in and he's like, yeah. I, I told myself not not to buy it at thirty five dollars, and I was right. He he wants to give it to me for thirty two ninety nine. Who deal d- did it? And did you know, Tyler, you could counter off of that offer? Nope. I have you, I have buy you tried that those one yet? Things all the time. <laughs> you can counter off of those, Tyler. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're already giving me their best price again. <laughs> Maybe I see it as a sign of weakness. I'm coming for you. You really want to? You really want to move that, huh? Well, let's talk. Um, anyways, sorry about my absent, guys. Uh, it was my, horrible. My, we had my... big stretches where we didn't know what to do. But let's get back on track, Johnny. Yeah, Woo! we're talking uh, about illegal stamps, uh, fake stamps that get issued that look like they're from minor countries or like African countries, but they're actually just entirely fake stamps that were made to fool collectors. Oh, wait, no, different episode. We're talking, you were going to talk about the death effect on Stanley's death and games. I'm, huh? I'm sorry, I'm waking up after a brief nap. <laughs> <sighs> did, I think you just filleted me to sleep. That's what you just did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you make that word seem dirty. You did. I thought he said yeah. filleted. <laughs> yes. Filleted. Uh, yeah. Okay. You were philatled to sleep. Uh, yeah. I philatled you until you yeah. passed out. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, oh, after a good. F- you're talking after about a g- philately. Oh, uh, I didn't uh, even uh, understand. Uh, I just. It's yeah. only fellatio over here. <laughs> wow. I didn't know we had this to look forward to when we come and see you. Uh, this changes what I'm packing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it also changes my willingness to pay for that airfare. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just went up. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Back into uh, 
back into the prices. Um, I looked at just like two games very briefly, and these aren't like super good uh, looks. So just so you all know, um, we're looking at Stan Lee, and first thing we're going to look at is Marvel Superheroes and War of the Gems. Stan Lee is synonymous with Marvel, you know, he dies in November of uh, 2018, and we see the prices bump up a little. But again, that could be Christmas pricing on games. Really not much. And then we see actually like a, a big decline. So with super uh, with Marvel superheroes in War of the Gems, the clunkiest title of any video game ever, uh, except for the Star Wars chess game on the Sega CD. Check it out. Um the game pretty much stays where it was. It it was about $120, $115, and it stayed that, even went down a little bit, $113. But if we look at something more directly related, Captain America and the Avengers, also, again, two problems with, with this data. One is you have Avengers movies coming out right then with his death, and this is a game that has Avengers in the title, and you also have, like, the Christmas bump, and so it's just on people's mind. All that is working in conjunction, just so... Keep this in mind. And this, these games, I'm only looking at CIB prices since I have them. Um, we see it at $60. Doesn't do much. This is on the NES, by the way. Goes up to $70 and pretty much stays there. We see a little cooling after, but not much. The, the game does have an overall reflected about a $15 jump and has stayed there. So from about $60 up to $75 now. So, um, Johnny, there's a big point of data you're missing. Oh, yeah? What's that? Uh, Kobe and Michael Jackson died unexpectedly. Stan Lee was, like, almost 100 years old. Fair. Yes, fair. Stan Lee, and we talked about this pre-show, had been on the death watch for a while. Yeah. So And so also there's a a, another article I read specifically Ooh. about the art market. Um, I, I don't. It wasn't a study. It was more like a compilation of different kinds of research. But the death effect in art actually happens before an artist dies. So, if there was going to be a Stanley death effect, it may have started towards the end of his natural life, whereas something like Kobe Bryant unexpectedly dying can cause an even bigger increase because it's it's more of a, a shocking thing and all of that interest kind of converges at once, rather, over a more gradual period of people being like, oh, Stanley's on the way out. And that's true. And there was, uh, especially that year uh, when Stanley died, there was a lot about, you know, whoever was taking care of him. Like there was this a bunch of Stanley stuff in the news at that period. So I, I don't know how far it goes back, but you do see a price spike in Avengers happening. And this is again just on the nest. You start to see a spike in 2016 and then cooling. But again, that's kind of the same cooling in the market. So I don't know. We don't really have enough data to kind of look at. Uh, how good all that is. Yeah, it, it'll be hard to parse out the death effect on video games and isolate it from a million other factors, especially over the past 10 years where the market has had so many crazy things happen. Right. Um, but we can definitely say, like, and this seems very common sense, oh yeah, a guy died, so his shit got popular and a bunch of people bought it. No shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that happened. Yes, it's true. Uh, did it happen with this other stuff? Maybe. Sorry. Uh, but we did want to just kind of, this was more of a not coming at you with the death effect happens and here it was like also uh, the death effect happens and here let's do a little further exploration and see what we see 
by evaluating the data and what we know about the time frame in which it's happening. So anyways, I think that's all we really have to say on the death effect, unless you got a little more you want to run with, Tyler. Uh, just one last point from the study. Uh, they studied, uh, it was 259 cards. It was about a dozen players. And they compared that player's card to the overall um, the overall set that that card was a part of. And so from the six months before their death to the six months after their death, the sets themselves dropped about 2% on the whole, but the, the player who had died's card increased about 10%. And then over the next six months, they, uh, they cooled off about 3%. And at least in terms of what we're seeing with Kobe, we're seeing like, uh, it's like 600% up across the board almost like sometimes maybe like the Saturn stuff is up like one or two times what it used to be worth, but it's, it's definitely a much bigger effect. But again, I think that can be attributed to sort of that unexpected factor. Whereas I'm just assuming that most of these baseball guys died of old age. Well, especially in the, the study, those cards were like I, the economy right now is also a weird place. And especially the video game market is super accelerated. So you have kind of this hyper market. So I think you'll see market trends playing out over shorter periods and in different bursts than you would over, uh, over like a normal economy, like coins or something a little more established because the sounding like reserved investments over here, Johnny, you know, I've not watched a single reserved investments. Oh, there's a new episode today. Check it out. No, I just, (laughs) I just don't care. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he says a lot of stuff, but I, I also, you guys are so affected by him. I don't want to also be that affected and have it like just cross pollinate. That's why you like know, you guys say you want to do an interview with him, which I, I'm fine. But I, oh, I, I really said do. one, one, what does he bring to the show Two, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to be a part of it since I'm not a viewer and you know, I don't want to, I mean, maybe because I haven't listened to him, I'll have different questions, but I don't know. I just feel like that's little bit of uh, cross-pollination. He's a I real like big it. nerd, Johnny. I think you'd probably like him. I pro- That's the problem. Until I, you got I, into I, a disagreement with him, and then you guys would never reconcile. The thing is, I, like, I don't have not, a problem with people I disagree with, though. It's not about what he says as much as how he says it. He's just magical. He is. He's real good at saying his nerdy things in a nerdy way. I do love it. So um, where do we want to go from here? Um, do you any more on the death effect or can we transition and make this an actual short episode? Did you guys talk about my uh, questionable purchase of the Alex Trebek cartridge? <laughs> no, uh, we no, didn't. We do didn't. you want to transition? Did we, did we want to talk about, uh, how poorly you worded that and made me just cringe outright it, when I it read was your pretty statement? Cringy. Yeah, I did put something I... words to the effect on Instagram that ever since Alex Trebek's diagnosis, I'd wanted a cartridge <laughs> with yeah. his signature on it. Yeah. And uh, in retrospect, that was not the yeah. kindest way. I've, to I've wanted something. this ever since I knew Alex Trebek was going to die. I wanted this. Ugh. No. Yuck. Yeah. Yuck. Not like I love Alex Trebek and I found out he was going to die. So I was devastated. So I wanted to get something to memorialize him. That, but that, ooh, once I found yeah, out that, that been was been dying, <laughs> God, get it. <laughs> Yeah, what is was... insensitive? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, you got a daily double on that one. Um, yeah. Well, but it, what it reminded me of is when you guys were talking about um, sort of the death effect happening with Stanley around his like near death 
Um, and, you know, like it or not, that's sort of, you know, Alex Trebek is battling stage four pancreatic cancer. And uh, so I know from just anecdotally like that, that, that was sort of uh, just like, oh, yeah, that's something I should do. Um, so I imagine there's other people like that, too, who are, you know, hunting autographs for or hunt autographs for people who uh, are ill or whatever. So that just yeah, there's probably this that. whole weird industry where their entire specialty is like, who's going to die? Let's get all their autographs. Oh, oh I'm so sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what yeah, a weird chasers, job right? these like, people have. There's death polls on people all the time. Like there. Uh, what was it? Uh, Stefan, you probably know. What show was it? Because uh, it was a radio program, and you'd love a radio, you f***ing weirdo. Um, <laughs> still listens to the radio. It's it's awful. It's an old like, man, get in the car Stephen. with him. Shut yeah. up, Tyler. Listen <laughs> to the radio literally every day. You guys can you guys can clash canes later about this. But uh, anyways, there was a, they used to have a death poll. What was the radio show out here, a popular one? I think it was on K Rock that had the death poll. Probably Kevin like and Bean would, then, if it was. Uh, yeah, maybe Kevin and Bean. Yeah. But um, anyways. Well, and that, I would imagine that, like the the people who like who are like the autograph vendors by trade. I'm sure when someone gets sick, they're like, okay, you know, they're rubbing their hands together. Well, you know, let's 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 stock up. You know. Yeah, I mean, my cousin and I just on like on Stan Lee for like three years. We're like, oh man, if we want a Stan Lee autograph book, like now's the time to get it. You know. Um, we you know what we didn't touch on. Uh, we didn't talk, uh, unless you guys did this while I was gone, we didn't talk about our speculation on Miyamoto and, and how that's kind of different from Stanley. Oh, we didn't. Yeah, go ahead. So, I, I mean, there's just a couple quick things to say about Stanley versus Miyamoto. Um, Miyamoto is kind of our Stanley, except that he didn't steal anything uh, that we know of. But he that did get to work. <laughs> that, But he did work in teams, and I'm sure he gets the lion's share of the credit, even when no, he sure. probably doesn't deserve it. Um, at least all of it. So Stan Lee signs everything. Whatever you feel about Stan Lee, he signs a lot of stuff. His signature is available. You can go find that. Miyamoto, there's already people who put pay a premium on Miyamoto stuff. Uh, it's weird. If you look at something like magic cards, artist signatures actually make the item damaged. I feel a lot the same way. Carts that are signed, I'm like, I don't really want a signature on this. But Miyamoto is like, kind of a different beast um he doesn't sign a lot uh people are already speaking like he's not the youngest guy and he is you know super important to the video game world um it's not going to be you're not going to see like a kobe bryant level of mourning but you will kind of uh within the niche community uh it'll yeah, be it'll I mean, be a it, great weight felt it happened when satoru Iwata died i mean exactly that happened um and yeah. it'll, be a, it'll be a similar situation I mean, but even greater than than yeah. him, I think. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, yeah, like, remember the balloon fight, fight game that came out that, like, you know, people went crazy for that and stuff, and there yeah. was repros everywhere. Um, yeah, there, there's going to be, you know, it's going to be a big thing. But if you are looking at Miyamoto stuff, just consider the death effect and then just consider how little he actually signs um, and also, start planning accordingly. Well, and also know that that because he signs so little, he has in in the game industry sphere, he is the most uh, forged signature. So, um, or yeah, if you go you know, on eBay. The, there's a lot of Miyamoto stuff. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of well. Also, they they print his signature on lots of things too. Like he's done 
uh, hand sketches, you know, cause he did, you know, he was, he was an artist as well. And, uh, so he, there's tons of sketches that he's done and people will reprint those sketches and just print his signature on it. So there's tons of that, tons of that too. Um, so I, I would, if I were really that interested, I would seek out something that either has like provenance, like someone, uh, can trace back the signature to him or from like a Nintendo employee, um, just, just, uh, eBay is probably not the most reliable place to buy no. that particular signature. No. And I'm, I'm just going to go one step further. Uh, after I did the, uh, that my collector's episode where I talked to the Harry Potter book collector, we went down a rabbit hole on autographs. And then I started to research what that actually looks like. There's a couple things going against Miyamoto too. Miyamoto isn't a guy who signs a lot of stuff, so that means his signature probably, I mean, it'll have natural fluctuations, but people can't track that fluctuation very well because he does, there's not a clear lineage of his signature over time. So it's going to be also just in the whole autograph world, the auto pen and like the people's ability to forge signatures is so great. So even reputable dealers get caught slipping and buy fakes. So autographs are a very tricky world just really buyer beware if you're going into that at all so that's it if you can find someone who's got pictures of them with miyamoto and him signing it you know at like an e3 or something great perfect that's the kind of stuff you're going to want but the the world of fakes and autographs is is horrifying and it like you know it's to the point where i feel such anxiety even thinking about it i don't want to i like until i get an item signed by the person like especially if they're very popular you know unless i'm there i'm i probably won't consider it real yeah and i mean like being there is half the fun of it right it's like yeah oh, but, this is the but... thing of when i met the guy it's not just like like i've got so many freaking signed wwe cards that are worthless it's like oh this person shotgunned a thousand signatures in a row for but, these cards what sure a but you don't piece. You, you don't have that for me Mono, either like he's never sat to my knowledge he's never sat down and like had a signing um maybe like in in early e3 or something but but uh so it's not like he's ripping them off you know I looked into a little bit of Miyamoto's signatures, and it seems like everyone who has a story about getting one got one at E3. So, yeah, yeah. So when I uh, when I eventually sell that Alexei Pajanov signed Tetris on <laughs> Game Boy, I've got those pictures in provenance. You guys, we can document it here. Okay. Right. I, I, All right. As far as Stefan doesn't, he just like mailed one away or something. Yeah. I just do what I want. So you mailed that move... without contacting first. You're just like, here's this, please sign it. No, I, well, I didn't mail it to him. I mailed it to uh, Casey. So, okay. Let's move on. Let's, let's do it guys. We let's give these listeners a break, even though I know they don't want it because they all love long episodes. We've given them t- two hour episodes previously. Let's, let's do this one uh, in under an hour and a half guys. Let's do the second, uh, not half of the show, but second part where we talk about if we bought or uh, played anything. Well, let's do a old fashioned. Did you play anything? Go ahead, Tyler. Tell me if you played anything. Uh, I'm still playing Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, which I oh think I've God. talked about enough. Uh, wonderful game. And I've started playing a little bit of Worms WMD with my friends. Uh, nice. for, for, for those of you who don't know, Worms is a PC game for personal oh. computers. 
where oh, he plays a bunch of because worms. I have it on consoles. Yeah, I know it's on consoles. I mean, it's like Worms Armageddon is one of the most expensive sixty four games. Yeah, uh, Worms is fun. I think they're all kind of the same. Some people get really picky with their Worms. A lot of people are like Worms Armageddon is the best. I think the two thousand seven PSN Worms game is the best. So come fight me on that if you'd really like to. But uh, all right, yeah, playing some Worms. So what'd you buy? Tell, give me a couple cool things you bought. I didn't buy a lot of cool things, Johnny. Oh, well, actually. All right. So I got the uh, the table numbers for my wedding. Uh, we got a, a oh, big boy. box of like little lanterns and uh, we got some greenery. We got some uh, uh, some roses and all that. I got a sealed Ark the Lad collection for nice. PS1. Uh, no, that is totally not a game that is special sealed. There are a million of them out there, but it also only carries like a 10 or $20 premium over complete in box. And that's one of those uh, working designs games where it has like all these like, you know, stupid little like books and stuff that come inside it. And I don't want to look up what's in it. It's just like, all right, I know I have oh, everything. But now you'll never know which disc you got to have. I don't care. Working designs, discs, variants, whatever. I doesn't matter. Ooh, guys, give me one. Me if you want the working designs variant <laughs> variant episode, because, you know, your boy got a list. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, all right. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. It's a sickness. Um, Stefan, what, what have you played? Anything? Uh, pinball? Uh, yeah, some <laughs> pinball. You know, I thought, um, I thought Piper would be really into Pinbot. She's not, she's into the Ninja Turtles. So we play, uh, I've been trying to teach her. She doesn't understand that you need to like put a hand on both sides of the machine. So she just like hits the one flipper. So she's not doing terribly well. Uh, but, uh, but we'll work on it. Um, but, uh, uh, I've been playing a lot of, um, Paw Patrol games on the iPad. <laughs> okay. Uh, stop talking. Done listening. <laughs> All right. Why don't you um, tell us what you bought? Actually, <laughs> actually, uh, also based, uh, based on your recommendation or your playing habits, Johnny, I did download, um, the, uh, first, uh, Dragon Warrior remake. Oh yeah. And nice. I, I've been, I wouldn't say I've been playing it, but I've been like, playing at it you know just sort of like poking it a little bit i don't know i really don't know that i i have the spoons to actually play through uh a class a classic dragon warrior i think i've mentioned previously that like the way that they write speech in that franchise really f-ing bothers me um it's like an eight hour game dude just knock it yeah. out what dragon yeah. warrior one yeah that's yeah it's easy stuff all right easy maybe i will bought a whole bunch of stuff um, oh boy here but- we go but you're I not going to tell us? No, rather than covering it, I think, you know, you can pretty much pretty much look at my Instagram feed and see most of it. But I think the big highlight is the um, I bought some of the uh, photography models for the older uh, Nintendo Power physical covers, like the ones that they that they um, they photographed instead of drew. Um, so like Mario Paint and Mario 3 and um, and Super C and uh, Mega Man 2 the four covers that i bought um so those will be at the socal retro gaming expo in march so you should come check that out uh the exhibit is only getting larger i'm actually freaking out a little bit about this point as far as just logistically how i'm going to do this so uh you should either come and watch me fail colossally and fall on my face or uh see a really cool uh see a really cool exhibit one of those two things is going to happen Ooh, i'm rooting for Um, both yeah. Uh those are two uh two notable covers in there, Stefan. Uh Super Mario 3, 
I think is, is one of the best Nintendo Power covers. It's neat because it's 3D, and I also think that a lot of the drawn uh, Nintendo Power covers are kind of ugly. Like, I don't want to look at that Battletoads cover or whatever. And then Mario Paint, probably the worst Nintendo Power cover ever. The lighting <laughs> is just wrong, and it has like a blurry computer monitor in the background. Super C's not great either. You can't really tell what's happening. Yeah, it's a mess, but it has a lot of 3D stuff going on. And I say 3D, I mean like physical models. Yeah, yeah so uh, as it stands, there's going to be like hundred over 150 pieces of art, um, and then uh, 20... Between 20 and 25 of those are going to be covers or either like painted covers or models from covers. Um, and then I have three or four posters. I actually just secured the uh, poster for Lost Vikings, which I'm very excited about because it's very close to the box art and it's done by the same artist. And um, you love Lost Vikings. So and I love Lost Vikings. This uh, is, he is nerdy about it. Yep. So that was very, very cool. What uh, are those posters? I don't know. You showed me a Ninja Gaiden 2 poster. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I have, if I have to bleep The internal that. poster. Yeah, the poster, the fold-up poster. Have you ever read an issue of Nintendo Power? This, this well, kid. Why Why is the original folded? What the f***? Why? <laughs> they get folded for the magazine. They don't paint no, them. No, no, no. That wasn't. Them. That was the thing I sold. The, the thing I showed you it was just an untrimmed, like a pre-press copy. Like it was a, yeah, it right. was a, it was a poster that had not put, oh been God, put into a magazine. Although if you, you have an original you Ninja Gaiden one or Ninja Gaiden three, send it over. I don't think there is a Ninja Gaiden three poster. But uh, oh. yeah, so I've got the um, Lost Vikings poster. I have the prelim for the um, one of the Simpsons posters, um, and then I have the Super C poster as well, which is interesting because it's uh, he the artist painted over a photograph, so it looks super super photorealistic, but it is indeed an oil painting. Nice. Don't spoil it all here. Plus you. We got to talk about how you roll stuff out, man. You got to hold some of those back. So yeah. next year you can be like, oh, and now we have 30 new pieces. If you just blow your whole load now, you know, don't bring it all. Dude, everyone's already amazed by your quantity. So yeah. you're just good. Yeah. You've already got enough quantity. Impress them with new stuff and refresh the next year. Anyways. Yeah, you put fair. yourself <laughs> completely out of touch with our entire audience. It's perfect. Just keep it as it is. Are you kidding me? You see that the there's been a lot of uh, of interactivity on those posts recently. People are really really into it. So, yay! Oh, Stefan, your audience members talking to you. It's yep. gross to call them audience members. Just our followers. I f***ing hate all that. I, I get really squeamish our about our buddies in the community. Uh, our friends. Hey yeah, I I dis like people are like oh we're fans. I'm like mm, let's just be friends. Um, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad. And I love that people love the show, but it, I don't know what it is about me. I'm like, we can't have fans. We're like, I guess we do though. And that's, who could be weird a fan of this? Not, not that. It's just the idea. <laughs> yes. That, uh, but also like just the, the general idea that like people are like, Oh, we're fans of yours. It's like, ah, I'm just a guy who talks about games, but I, I appreciate that you all listen and, and uh, people say they're fans. I, I love that, actually. It, um, it is. It makes me feel weird. Yeah, it is. It is strange for having fans because you are a fan of something. Yes. Right. Because that's basically what it is, right? We just really like retro games and we talk about retro games a lot. And uh, it's strange that it's strange to have fans for being a fan. Yeah. I mean, we're way better than those YouTubers who just like know nothing 
unboxing only videos because they're like barely even fans. Those and they have millions of followers. So f those guys. Uh, yeah, come listen to us. I'm 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 suddenly over it. I'm okay with it. Be a fan. Um, <laughs> We're real. Yeah, uh, guys. Let's see. What did I buy? Um, ooh, bought uh, some GBA games. Big shocker. Yeah, you guys excited about GBA games? Any ones with Actually, toys or anything? Um. Well, Ooh. not a toy, but a card. Okay. So I found I found a variant of Star Wars Droid Army for the GBA. One comes with the old Star Wars TCG. Comes with a card included because you know I love to find these things, and one doesn't. So same box and everything, except one's got a little print on the side that says, "Hey, Star Wars card included," and it's a Darth Vader card, and it's got a little foil. Darth Vader emblem on it that says promo. It's really neat. I was gonna say, is it a promo card? It is a promo. And that card. that's from the that's from the like Magic the Gathering era. I don't know. Yep. How Star Wars to... TC. Yeah. Star Wars TCG era, which was longer than say like the Harry Potter TCG era, because there's a Harry Potter game that also comes with the card. There's not a lot, um, but I got like a running list of all this Game Boy Advance stuff that comes with. I just call them extras. I don't consider a poster extra, but like some extra item they went out of their way, being a card, a little toy, you know, that kind of stuff that uh, gets thrown in. So, so I bought All that. Right. Um, I also found out I didn't have the box for Super Mario Advance. I have the other ones and variants of all the other ones. For some reason, the first one I don't have. Also, I would just like to take this moment, as I do in every show, to soapbox a little bit about something that I hate. Uh -huh. Super Mario Advance. That whole series, how I hate you, and not, <laughs> not because of, uh, like Tyler's gonna will tell you the technical reasons that it's garbage. No, no, I, I'm just uh, saying because one is two and four yes, is three. That yeah, the most it's ridiculous, confusing, so stupid. So like, and if I have to type, I'm like Super Mario Advance Four, Super Mario Brothers Three. What were you guys thinking? Also, to lead off your series, why would you? release your least popular Super Mario game, Super Mario 2, as Super Mario Advance, and also includes the original Mario Brothers. What a confusing f***ing statement to read on a box. You know what, Johnny? What is going it, on it here? It was for me. Uh, how old was I when GBA came out? Uh, 12 years old, 13 years old? I had I played Mario 1 and 3. I'd never played Mario 2 because none of my friends had it. That was but my first we're time talking about the Super same Mario era 2. of games. Like you're still far enough removed. You could have been like, "Hey, here's here's Super Mario Brothers," or "Here's Super Mario Advance," you know, and it comes with Super Mario Brothers because it's not a very long game, and Super Mario Two, and then done two. Like I, I mean, I would have just preferred them all to get their own thing called Super Mario Advance, and like be properly numbered. Came out and it had all of them. Yeah, it's just ugh. This was a very confusing box. And like the manual also doesn't match the box art. And that's like confusing, uh, annoying. Um, anyways. And then like, if you go into the whole series, there's a lot of like weird variants and stuff and different box types because it sold many. I can go into a litany of all the, the weird GBA stuff that's out there, but that's pretty much what I bought. Got a couple of PlayStation games. Um, you know, I bought another monster in my pocket figure as Ooh. well. What um, colors do you have now? It, both of them are green because I was just going to complete the one and then try and trade it. But the seller has not sent it and it's been like 
two weeks now, so I don't think he's going to. So it's about time to file a claim on that one. Yeah, I got like. Did you just find it loose and you recognize the figure, or did you buy the? Yeah, no, I just found the figure loose to to add to my loose box, but didn't happen, and I don't think it's going to. So I'm just gonna. I don't need to have all four colors, but I I think it would be cool to have them. Some guy just did a post where he showed them. He had like four sealed and then like four loose ones just chilling out on the box. And I was like, that was pretty sweet. Anyways, uh, I've played nothing. It's literally been my wife and I went and saw Cursed Child up in San Francisco, but a lot of work. Uh, just been running around. You would think that a vacation would be like the perfect time to play games, but it was like just a lot of driving. We literally drove to San Francisco and then watched the show and then turned around and came back. Um, so yeah, sadly, no game plan for me. Anyways, that's all I got. All Anything right. else you guys want to add in there? Well, since you're talking about trading card games, uh, let me give my, my fifth shout out of the show to the pirate pimp. Uh, one of the only guys that is not only finding weird Xbox stuff, but he has it documented on his website, the piratepimp.weebly.com. But I'm just mentioning him because he told me yesterday or two days ago that his trading card section of his website is out of date and he found more games that came with trading cards. And so oh, those really? games are all like 15 years old now, 20 years old. Wait, he's got a list of games that came with trading cards? Yeah. And he's telling me, oh he just told God. me it's not complete. And I know his website oh. isn't complete, but it's very good for the original Xbox. I love that. Is it only Xbox or does he branch into other systems? No, it's only Xbox. He's an Xbox oh. collector. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to motivate someone like, guys, there are so many modern era games past 20 years that we just, we don't know about the variants. So forget about Nintendo. Just go find me these stupid trading card games is what I'm trying to say. I remember I came, once Nintendo Age happened, I like, I logged on Nintendo Age and I'm like, we know everything there is to know about games. And then I started collecting Xbox and the more I know about Xbox, I'm just like in the state of despair. Like, we're all going to die before we know anything about video games. There's too much knowledge that we'll never know about video games. And I'm scared about this stuff getting lost. Yeah, there. I mean, we talk about all the the problems with modern collecting and how hard people think, oh, it's so easy now. But the variance is so much greater than it was back in the day of Nintendo that it is. Uh, it's kind of scary. What if it's getting uh, easier again? Because like games don't even have manuals now. Maybe it is getting easier. Uh, maybe. I hopefully. But maybe like, it's just all like that weird games. like 2000s is like the hardest oh. era of video games now. Yeah, it, it might be. But hey, uh, I told you guys that we I want to do a Switch episode. Let's talk about the death effect of uh, physical gaming and how that's going to. What do you think will happen there? Whew. But uh, yeah, Switch games are real weird and uh, come with a lot of different weird stuff. And there's like lots of this. This edition came with uh, like a, a stencil and this one didn't. And there's some weird stuff in new games. And at least the guys over on video game stage have that thread still going and pumping it out there. Also, I want to shout out video game uh, VG Collectaholic. He sent me some PlayStation games like a sweetheart. I was like, hey, you got some like he always he buys these massive lots of PS1 games. I've been so jealous that he's been like making progress. And I'm like, just sell me what I need. And he's like, well, send me your list on. I'll see what I have extras. And then he just sent them to me and he didn't need to. And I, and I would have paid him for them. But he was like, no, nah, just take them. So that was a super nice thing that he did. So thank you very much uh, for that. I appreciate that. And I thought your packaging of Mortal Kombat was clever. So thank you. Um, all right. That's all I got, guys. Let's uh, 
let's wrap it up. I don't know if Stefan had to go offline for his daughter, um, but no, we here. can. Oh, okay. Um, Stefan, where can we find you? I was turning off my mic when I type. Um, no, so my uh, you can find me on Instagram and Video Game Sage and YouTube at Archon1981, A-R-C-H-O-N-1981. Yeah, you can find me all those places. I'm putting up a new YouTube video about why you should use Bestine and not Gugan tonight. Use Bestine, guys. It's great. All right. If you you send me a nice message on Instagram, I'll give you a shout-out on the show, because we love giving shout-outs. We do. We love saying such nice things, MKE Game Collector. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we, We like to talk to our friends. Yeah. Did it. Or fans, whatever you want to do. To our um, followers, to our subordinates. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Why'd you make that gross? Um, all right, guys, you can find me here. You know, Johnny underscore Ayuchi. That's <laughs> you know. it. Uh, you know. <laughs> your boy, holla at me. Uh, do you want to pretend you're on Video Game Sage, even though you're not? I, I was just on Video Game Sage yesterday. You can check my login. <laughs> okay. Boom did it i go on there infrequently it i don't have a lot of time for things um as we all know but i don't want to sit here and complain about yeah i got a baby and i work a lot and life is hard because uh you know i have enough time to do this and that's what i'm passionate about so happy just to be here tyler and happy video game sage is doing well um yeah that's it do anybody want to soapbox about anything anyone got a sign off they want to do real quick um, it's been a little while now, and I've never really said a proper thank you to the uh, all of the folks that have been really, 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 really kind and passionate about uh, the death of my wife, um, especially after um, the Pixel Game Squad guys came and, and did that video recently. Um, just an outpouring of, uh, of warm wishes uh, for me and my family, and I never really said thank you properly. Uh, on this podcast. So thank you all of you for being so kind and warm uh, about the situation. Uh, Piper and I are doing very well. Um, so I don't want anyone to think they have to worry about me, but the, uh, the sentiment is, is very well taken and, uh, and appreciated. All right. That's a nice note to end on guys. Yeah. We will catch you in about another two weeks or so uh, week, week, two weeks. All right. Bye.